Do you remember in the beginning of recording this podcast when we used to talk really slow for our intro? I do remember that because we were like reading from a script, trying to get it perfect, and now all that's gone out the window, right? It's true, and it's so funny to listen to those. Uh, we actually dug up a older episode for you today about towing weights. Because that's always pertinent, right? Everybody wants to know, what can I tow or what, can I, what truck camper can I carry? Well, what, yeah, what do all those numbers mean? Because there's so many different ones. So this is a good episode if you're a beginner. There's a little piece in the beginning about little baby Lindsay going camping. And I even mentioned my name in the intro. Yep, yep. So uh, all you guys who are newbies to the podcast, that's unusual. <laughs> One more thing in this episode, since it is a repeat, I do talk about the Texas Tiny Trailer Rally coming up. That one's obviously uh, the wrong date, but we do have one actually coming up for 2023. So if you're looking to join, there is no size limit. We don't care where you bought it. We don't care if it's new or used. We don't care. Come join us at the Texas Tiny Trailer Rally. It is April 27th to 30th. There are still spots left at Skyline Ranch RV Park in Bandera. So come join us. Email me if you got questions. Did you mention that it's free? It's totally free. You just pay for your campsite. Yep. So much fun. So hope you look it up. All right. Enjoy little baby podcasters. In this episode, Lindsay finally goes camping. She has tips for a three-day camping trip. Woohoo! And what's the right towing vehicle for your camper? We ask an expert about the confusing numbers of towing and hauling. Welcome to RV Small Talk, where we talk about lightweight trailers, truck campers, and the people, places, and adventures that go along with them. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Lindsay. I'm Clint. And I'm PJ, and we thank you for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Intech RV. They make cutting edge trailers for outdoor and adventure enthusiasts, and their newest designs offer even more style and size options. Be sure to check out their beautiful Soul lineup, the luxury Teardrop Lunas, and the Rugged Flyer models. Hey, guess what? What? I went camping. Excellent. Tell us about it. I went camping in an Intech Luna. It's always been one of my favorite campers and, you know, it's one thing looking at it and, and, you know, checking out the features of it, but I got to go camping in a Luna and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Now I have to tell you, uh, my husband was a little bit like, what in the world are we going camping in? I can't stand up in this. Um, you know, he doesn't understand the world of teardrops, but by the end of it, he was completely sold. It was, yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun. See, I, I, I kind of get that whole concept of how do you camp in a teardrop? But then again, I think I get it because I haven't been able to stand up in a tent, <laughs> you know, a standard tent. I haven't been able to stand up in a standard tent since I was 12. So a teardrop <laughs> camper is the same just thing. the same thing to me. Well, that's what you get for being stupid tall. I, when the oxygen's thin, <laughs> my brain doesn't function properly. I Way told too you this. tall for almost everything. Okay, so so some quick details. Took a Luna. Where did you go? Uh, we went out to Pacebend Park, which is some place where 
in Texas where both of us have gone several times before we met each other, but okay. we've never actually been together. So it was kind of fun, you know, hey, this is where I jumped off that cliff. Hey, this is where, you know. Cool. I don't know. Cool. Now, you also went at what time of year? What what month are we in? August? This is August. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hot, but... Honestly, we could not have chose a better weekend. This past weekend, it was, I mean, it wasn't cold, but it was completely overcast all day Saturday. That makes such oh, a difference. that's amazing. So it was, I mean, we talked about it pretty much all weekend. Mm -hmm. We were out there like, we could not have picked a better weekend. We would be sizzling right now. And I even brought movies uh -huh. in anticipation of like, okay, from two to four, we're going to be dying. And so we can go in the camper and sure. watch a movie. And we didn't, didn't we didn't do that. Was there a breeze? Uh, after the evening time, <laughs> you know, like sure. the breeze picks up a little. I mean, it wasn't cool by any means, but we got down to the water. It's right on Lake Travis and we swam and when it swimming and overcast it. It Perfect. does two things. It feels really good, but also you still get sunburned, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. You still do you get sunburned. You definitely still get sunburned. Novel. So <laughs> that was that was really, really fun. Um, I think the best part about the Luna, especially what got uh my husband like really into it was the whole cooking outside part. You know, we're both so used to camping in tents and kind of bringing your own kitchen. Mm -hmm. When we got there, I unpacked everything and I, you know, put the silverware and the spatulas and the pots and pans all where they go. And he was just like floored, right. like, this is so cool. Right. We have everything ready to go. And just little things like that, like cooking outside. Um, so you still really, you know, feel, you feel like you're camping. you're camping, you're outside, you're cooking outside. It was it was a lot, a lot of fun for us. So Excellent. we're going to do it again. Maybe next time we'll bring the kids, but I'm not sure we're brave enough yet. Okay. So have you been able to compile your thoughts into some takeaways that, that could, we could really chew on? Uh, for a for a short camping trip? Yeah. Yes. But first, I have to tell you one more story. Oh, please do. So um, Thursday, what was it? Friday night, we're laying in bed and then just the loudest beep goes off. And of course, yeah, I'm like, oh my God, we're dying. But it was the propane detector. Right. The LP detector. LP. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it was flashing red. And then it says on it, like, if you're flashing red, then you have a leak. And so, you know, I do the first thing that anybody would do is like, get out my phone and Google it. <laughs> is <laughs> that what everybody would but do first? first? I opened the windows. I was like, I don't. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. I don't smell anything. I mean, we turned the propane off, so I'm not really sure what's going on. You have a combustible gas, so you pull out an electronic device. Yeah, Good totally. Call. Okay. First, I lit a match. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, okay, don't try this at home, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was really loud and it goes off like every five minutes or something. So eventually it would stop beeping if we, you know, turned the fan on all the way and opened all the windows. It wasn't very cool that night in the camper, but we didn't hear beeping. So then the next day I, I started to smell something kind of weird, but mainly only outside the camper. So. To make a long story short, I took um, my nose and I just like ran all the way through this camper, opened all the cabinets, tried to figure out where it was coming from. Turns out it was cooking the battery. Uh-huh. Your battery was overheating? I guess. 
So was the battery box hot? Uh, it was very hot. Ah. Yeah. Telltale sign. Yes. And I figured out the vent underneath the plug was the battery vent. And that's exactly where the smell was coming from. So unhook the battery. Everything was fine. I love it Ooh. when you're camping and you have to play What's That Smell? Yeah. And and it's, <laughs> I, it's a fun game. <laughs> I actually learned a lot like what a cooking battery smells like. So next time I smell it, I'm going to be like, I know exactly what that is. So, I mean, but that was really the only thing that wasn't awesome. And even that wasn't that bad. We we figured it out. And sure, sure. Made that thing be quiet. So you had to have your very first camping failure adventure. Because everybody true. has one. It's true. Everybody but has one. I learned a lot. You know, I haven't been camping, you know, with a trailer a lot um, recently. It's been a long time. So now doing it with a family, I... I have a few pointers for people who want to do just a quick weekend trip because uh, the kids are back in school, you know, everybody's back to work. It's it's back to normal life here. Summer is over. Well, somebody tell the weather that summer is over. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, so a lot of camping trips are three-day weekend getaways, right? Yeah. Or even two-day weekend Or even two-day getaways. Like uh like the beans who told us they would go to the grocery store and then just like maybe go camping for a night. It's just, they're really quick trips. So if you're going to make a quick trip, make it easy on yourself. And the number one thing that you should do is pack your camper beforehand, buy an extra set of dishes or keep the paper plates or whatever in the camper, buy a set of camper towels and keep them in there. Just Pack your trailer with everything you need to go camping except for your clothes and your food. And that way, if you decide, you know, let's go this weekend, you don't have to run around the house gathering things. You know, right. it's already in the trailer. Grab some clothes. Don't forget the kids. <laughs> don't forget the kids. Stop at the grocery store on the way and you're good to go. It's always nice to choose a campground close to you, obviously, so you don't have to drive very far. But Keep it simple. That way you can really enjoy camping and one, two or three day camping trip doesn't have to be a lot of packing and unpacking. Right. And I think keep your plan simple, too. And that's going to be part of the joy of it, really. Oh, that's my favorite kind of trip when there's like zero on the itinerary. Right. Like, just do whatever you I don't know. Let's I mean, go for a walk. Let's go for a swim. Let's sit here and do nothing. It's if you set the bar for this type of tri trip as this trip is for reset, this trip is for relaxation, is for refreshment, then you haven't set the bar low. You've set the bar for quality. Oh, yeah. Set the bar super low. Or low. <laughs> <laughs> that way everything is above the bar. Well, you didn't see my air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but keep it simple. Keep meals simple, you know? Don't go out there and cook a pot roast. Um, I don't know if this is one of your bullet points coming up, but if you have something that's already cooked and all you have to do is warm it up. Yeah, leftovers. Yeah. Open your fridge, grab all your leftovers, put it in the fridge. That's a great idea, Clint. And you know, leftovers taste amazing anyways, but really good outside. <laughs> Everything <laughs> tastes better when you're camping. Yeah. I mean, a bowl of cereal can really just elevate the senses. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> this is another thing that social media has ruined for me until I reset. Damn it, you, Pinterest. Is that your camping meal has to look like right? this. Thing. No, it doesn't. No, PBJs. Sliced well, cheese and crackers. So the other thing that we did on this camping trip that made a 
world of difference is we left really, really early on Sunday when we didn't really want to. We wanted, you know, you have a whole nother day. But we realized that with going back to work and back to school on Monday, you still need time to kind of get back into your home routine. Uh It's really not fun to get back in the in the late afternoon, in the evening And then you have a pile of camping clothes to wash. You have a pile of dishes and leftover food you have to put back. And if you do have kids or bring the kids, it's all, it's just all discombobulated. It's no fun. So come back early and just give yourself time to get everything, you know, even and ready for Monday or else Monday totally sucks. So our suggestion of making a two or three day camping trip really successful and easy is to keep your trailer pre-packed with all the things that you need. Be sure you camp nearby. Grab your clothes and a little bit of food. Don't make it too complicated. And come back and allow yourself enough time to get ready for Monday. Yep. You know, that sounds easy enough that if you just wanted to run down the street for one night, get away, come back the next day, you could do that. Sure. I don't understand why more people don't do that. I don't understand why I don't do that. Because it does sound overwhelming, but yeah, it's not as hard. It's not as hard as it sounds. It's not as overwhelming. Just keep it simple. It's about relaxing. It's about making memories. So just stop worrying about it. Just do it. And fall (laughs) is, fall is supposedly coming. And someday, so, so someday, it is time to sit down and make those plans. Put it on the calendar. Oh yeah, and get your reservations in now. That way, you're holding yourself accountable. You know, like if you yes. keep saying someday and you never do it, so make reservations now. Fork up the money, then you'll go. Yep. Right. And parks fill up fast. So. And may I put another plug out there? No. It's the second round of rally season. For, That's for right. The year. You get spring rallies and you get fall rallies. It's Here the come the fall rallies. Rally and so find a rally to go to because it's such a fun community. Such a fun yep. thing. I do know you, of one. Do you know of a rally? I do. What rally? The Texas Tiny Trailer Rally is coming up in October, I believe. It is the weekend before Halloween. I wish I knew those dates. But look at your calendar, find Halloween, and then the weekend before it, that's when it is. And just it's, go to the website. It's or out in Kerrville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Search Texas Tiny Trailer Rally. My God, it's fun. Yes. We already have, I think, 40, 40 something trailers signed mm-hmm. up. And some of them aren't actually classified as tiny, but they are really no, fun. Listen, people. if you They're have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, find a group or go by yourself. I don't know. Just go. Just go. I'm mad at myself for waiting so long. If you didn't go camping last weekend, you're overdue. Clint. Hey. What is the most popular question we get in the dealership? What truck should I buy for this trailer? Oh my gosh. We hear that question. Or truck camper. All the time. All the time. And we needed to bring in an expert. So we have Scott Omquist from Lance and you match trucks to trailers and trucks to truck campers on a regular basis because the numbers out there can be, be really confusing. The truck may not be what you think it is just by looking at it. So welcome, Scott, to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. It is It is true. We do get the question. We get it all the time. I get phone calls at the factory almost daily from consumers 
asking will there this camper fit on this truck will this what's the best tow vehicle for the trailers that we mm -hmm. make mm -hmm. we get that question all the time and what do you think are the concerns there just as an initial buyer um i think as an initial buyer there's so many numbers that are out there and it's a matter of ford chevy dodge toyota uh, Nissan, they all publish their own numbers. Mm -hmm. They are some confusing numbers. The salesman at the dealership may not know exactly what they're talking about. They might be trying to sell you the truck in front of you. Right. So you have to be careful that you see in writing on the MSRP that it has the trailer towing package. Okay. Yeah, uh, that it may have a truck camper package. Ford actually offers one. They're the only one that does. But if you're looking for a certain truck to tow a certain amount is really where you need to start. You need to start with how much do I want to tow? So what you're looking for is the towing capacity. Yes. Because people get a little confused on what number they're looking for. You want to look at the towing capacity if you're towing a trailer. And if you are carrying a truck camper, you'll want to look at the payload capacity. That's very true. The payload capacity is very different than a towing capacity. Payload you're carrying. Mm -hmm. Towing, you're getting it behind you. Payload is what's in the truck bed. Yes. And towing it is what is behind the tow vehicle, completely behind. Completely behind. You know, a lot of people come in and they think that they find the gross vehicle weight rating and they think that mm -hmm. is what the trailer weighs, and they try to match that with a gross vehicle weight rating on the truck or a gross axle weight rating. It gets very confusing. So what we're going to talk about today is only the towing capacity and the payload. You, you said it in the beginning. Salesmen don't always know what the towing capacity is. Yeah, unfortunately, truck dealerships tend to get in a rut, and they stock them all the same way. And if that particular dealership isn't stocking them with trailer towing packages, mm -hmm. you may need to look around. Um, it's a matter of there's different axle rate ratings. 308 axle gets great mileage. Mm -hmm. uh, 341 will get better towing capacity. 373 is the best for towing. 410 will get you terrible mileage, but fantastic towing. So, so is this kind of like the trailers when people come in and say, well, I want it to be only 20 feet long, have a walk around bed, two slide outs and weigh 3000 pounds. And a dry bath. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, okay, all those things don't go together. Exactly. But with trucks, you can find what you want. It just may take you a little longer than you think. The Trailer Life Tow Guide, uh, you can look it up on the web. Um, Princess Craft has a towing guide on their website. Mm -hmm. You can go up there and look and find the weight you want it to tow, whether it's Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Toyota, Nissan, Mercedes, they're all listed there. So you can go on and there's always little asterisks. It needs this, it needs this, it needs this. Okay, so when I look at those towing guides, it tells me the, the truck size, like a F-250 tells me uh, an extra cab, uh, not a not the regular cab and not the crew cab. So, or let's just say I'm looking at a specific truck, a specific cab size, a specific bed length, and then it will tell me two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. And then it will give me the number. Correct. The problem is that I see is it doesn't tell me what transmission is in that. The gear ratio and whatnot. Yeah. Right. So can that be the exact number? 
right there? No, but what they're going to do is give you that number if you have the trailer towing package. These tow guides only tell you the maximum. They tell you the ultimate that truck can do. And that has to have that maximum gear ratio. So if it has the towing package, it's going to have the best gear ratio for towing. Okay. 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 So, so you can trust that number. You can trust that number. If it has the tow package. If it has the tow package. Yes. Okay. Well, well, that makes sense. So if you buy something without the tow package and you try to just put a hitch on yourself, you may not have the optimum gear ratio and the engine cooler and the transmission cooler. Yes. The transmission cooler is key. Okay. And that's a big part of the trailer towing package. And okay. I, I, it feels like going into shopping for a truck, you don't even know how many questions you should be asking sometimes. And it could be compounded if you're looking in the used market. How would you even go about finding these numbers for something that you find on a used lot or a private seller? Uh, again, these days, the internet is your friend. Okay. You should be able to get on the internet, put in a serial number. VIN number, maybe? A, a VIN number. Okay. And find what gear ratio is in that truck. But don't jump into it until you know if that's what you want it to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So let's let's back up and go back to some basics. One of the things that people walk in and, and automatically think is a diesel is better than a gas engine. What do you need to know between a diesel and a gas? Because that's a decision you have to oh, make when you're looking at it. I can answer this one. Okay. A diesel is louder. <laughs> and sometimes smells and like a diesel. it's more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to be a lot louder, but they're not as loud. They're really not anymore. The, the newer diesels, they've, they've tamed them down quite a bit. Um, I live in Colorado, and 90% of the trucks out there are diesel. Mm -hmm. um, the Why di is that? The diesel will give you a little more torque going up the mountains. The diesel gets a little better mileage for a bigger truck. If you're in a dually, the diesel will get you a little better mileage than a gas engine. Okay. Um, I think longevity. Um, people, the diesels will run two, 300,000 miles typically. Most consumers don't keep their vehicles that long. Right. If you're really into thinking you're going to have it for 20 years, a diesel is a good thing. Okay. The the gas engines might wear out a little quicker on you. The diesels, the maintenance on them is very high. You know, so you really have to take a look at the five thousand dollars or eight thousand dollars upfront cost. Mm -hmm. Little better mileage, higher maintenance on the diesel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so gas will work fine for most consumers that aren't going to put two hundred thousand miles on it. So right. think about your usage. Think about your usage, without a doubt. So in Colorado, up in the Midwest, do you think they drive farther? Than the definitely in the, in Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, Montana, everything's farther away. You know, uh, they have to go seventy five miles to a Walmart. Mm -hmm. They have to go get groceries. They do a lot more open country, fast driving. It's not city driving at all. So yes, they do put a lot more miles on in that area. Hmm. Well, it sounds like Texas to me. <laughs> in some places for sure yeah, yeah. without a doubt um, when, when you get out into west texas you have the open spaces also and there's a lot of diesels down here you know they're, they're a great work truck they're a great oil rig truck um to put them on the consumer level uh, both ford and dodge have come out with half tons uh, the mm -hmm. nissan's got a coming diesel in it you know i think at this point toyota and chevy are the only ones that don't have diesels in the half tons Again, you have to be very careful 
then especially the Dodge diesel is rated for mileage. It doesn't have a high tow capacity. Just because it's a diesel doesn't mean it can tow a lot. So okay, you have wait, to wait, be wait, careful wait. there. So just because it's a diesel doesn't mean that it's going to be really great for towing. Correct. Because that's what most people assume. I've got a diesel, so I'm going to really have a tough engine that's going to get me up the mountain. But the the engine is not the gear ratio in the transmission, and that's where the issue is? It is on the uh, half ton. They, they, again, rated it for the mileage. So they put a, I don't know the exact gear ratio in it, probably the 308 so that it got great mileage and wasn't designed as a great tow vehicle. So if you're getting a diesel, the better the gas mileage, maybe not as good a towing. Correct. Even looking, I'm looking at the Trail Life Tow Guide right now. They are showing the 5.7 liter V8 Ram 1500 quad cab two-wheel drive can tow 12.7. The same truck, Ram 1500 quad cab two-wheel drive with the diesel tows 6,700. Wow. Okay, so that's where a lot of people can get confused. They're automatically thinking that the the diesel will tow a lot more. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 6,700 isn't that great for a 1500 or a half-ton truck these days. Mm-hmm. So that's what we get for stereotyping, folks. You stereotype a truck based off of his engine, and it's going to get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at the whole picture. You have to look at the whole picture, what, what's included with that. Right. Okay, so I'm, I'm hearing a line of thinking that I think that a lot of people who are new to the, the concept of towing or hauling come in with. A half ton is a half ton is a half ton. A three-quarter ton is a three-quarter ton. A, a one ton is a one ton. But a half ton could potentially to way more than expected or way less than expected and maybe even cross into three-quarter ton capacities. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what we call half tons and three-quarter tons, first of all, that's to me is a misnomer. I mean, what's a half ton? A thousand pounds. Right. Okay. They carry 2,000 pounds and they tow 12,000 pounds. So to me in the industry to keep calling them half tons hurts us. But that's just how we know the truck. You know, it's a 1500 or a 150. And it was true probably 60 years ago. Exactly. It was probably true when they first started calling them that. The engine and transmission between a half ton, a three quarter ton and a one ton are pretty much the same. It's the same motor. It's the same transmission. What you're getting is different brakes, different axles for the carrying part of it. So if you get a half ton or a 1500 with the same engine and transmission that you do in a 2500, it's going to tow the same. It's just a matter it's going to be a much more comfortable truck as an everyday driver. So with that, you can look at the F-150, the 1500, if you're going to use it as an everyday driver, and you don't want to go above ten or 12,000 pounds for towing. Okay. Well, I think that that raises a good point. If you're going to be towing and you're going to buy a truck to tow a trailer that you've picked out, I think one of the things you need to think about is, is this going to be a daily driver? Are you going to be towing two or three times a year? Or are you going to be towing every other weekend? And how far are you going to go? Flat land, mountains. Is that going to really make a difference on what you what towing capacity you need on a truck? I would think it would. Yeah, I mean, it does make a big difference um, how often you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, with the tow capacities, 
everybody's different as to where they want to be with them. If you're going to be maxing out every mile you drive, you could wear that truck out quicker. If you're going to max out twice a year because that's all you're going to pull the trailer, it's not going to hurt it that bad. If you're going to buy it and go to Alaska or go to the East Coast and you're going to do a lot of towing for the next two years, more is better. Have some extra capacity there. You won't wear out the truck as quickly. And what would you recommend as extra capacity? That's a tough question. I know it is. <laughs> I know. That's why I asked you. you uh, a lot of people say 20, 20%. 20% is a, a great number to use. You know, if you're, if you're looking at a truck that can pull 8,000 pounds, 20% is 1,600. So a trailer that weighs 6,400, that's where most people are comfortable. Uh, again, if you're if you're doing the mountains, if you're doing the hills, if you're gonna if you want to go wherever you want to go, that is going to work for you well. You know, if you're towing something and it is real close to the capacity of the truck, I'm not as worried about ruining the truck as I am the truck being able to perform in a difficult situation. Because it seems to me that if you're driving in the mountains or somebody pulls out in front of you and you've got to stop or swerve. If you were working right at capacity, I would think that you would lose a lot of your ability to react quickly. You know, again, everybody's different on that. I think the truck manufacturers, and you know, they got the lawyers involved. The manufacturers probably rated it a little less than what it'll actually do, just because that safety factor. The, the quick situations, I mean, the trailer has brakes that's rated to stop the trailer. Right. The truck has brakes that's ready to stop the truck, as long as you're within the capacities. Um, everybody's reactions are going to be different. And yes, you can get, if you get too small of a truck and you get a long trailer, you get what I call the, the tail wagging the dog. You can get that back end having so much weight and throwing the truck around. That's never a good thing. If you get into uh, the Tacomas, the new Ford Ranger, the Colorado, the Canyon, uh, the Nissan Frontier, the downsized trucks, even though they're fantastic trucks, they can tow in a proper setting, 7,000 pounds. Doesn't mean you want to put a 30-foot trailer behind it because the tail will wag the dog. You get into a wind situation when the semis go by you and it pulls you over. You want to have the truck to be able to handle that type of thing. So, yes, you do get some of that. Did we talk about four-wheel drive? No, and I was about to ask that. It was, it was on my mind. We love our creature features inside the cab. Those all add weight. Mm -hmm. And we like our capability features, namely the big one that gets thrown around is four-wheel drive. And we have people come into our shop and they say, I have this brand new truck. I just bought it. It has paper tags on it still. And it is a huge truck. You know it is huge because it has four-wheel drive. It can haul anything out there. Right. But tell us about what happens when you add stuff like four-wheel drive specifically and maybe electric windows and a sunroof. Well, everything is about weight as uh -huh. far as the trucks are concerned. Four-wheel drive, and again, if you look at the tow capacities, the two-wheel drives will always pull more than a four-wheel drive. They will always carry more. When you add that front transmission, if you will, on a four-wheel drive, it adds weight. So, yes, a two-wheel drive will certainly carry more and pull more than a four-wheel drive. Um, people like the four-wheel drive. If you're going to get off-road mm -hmm. camping, if you're going to go on the beach, they want that to be able to do it. 
Now the, the two wheel drive, even though it will do more, it's about 300, 400 pounds. And if you're that close to your capacity, yes, you need to look at that. But some people just don't care to have the four wheel drive as their everyday driver because uh -huh. it is a little rougher, mm -hmm. you know, with that extra suspension. So the four wheel drive doesn't add capacity. Nope. It adds traction. Yes. At the expense of adding, of taking some of your hauling. It is going to yeah, take a little it bit. It actually takes away from your towing capacity. Right. And your payload capacity. And and then the creature features inside. If you're adding the, the sunroof, if you have the electric windows or any other gadgetry that is equipment that goes in, that also takes away. Well, as we've all seen the commercials, okay, uh -huh. where Ford has the highest payload. Uh -huh. We've seen the Toyota Tundra pull the space shuttle Okay, where the highest tundra is rated at 12,000 pounds, they're visually showing it pulling 40,000, 50,000 pounds. We don't know what that weighs. But it all, the, the, the pulling capacity is the same no matter how many options you have. So each truck, when you add electric windows, sunroofs, the fancy Texas edition, that adds stuff. And when you add stuff to the truck, it's going to bring the tow capacity down a little whatever that weight is. So how do they have a commercial towing a space shuttle? What truck is that? Hey, that? That truck doesn't exist. It's just trying to show, I guess, that it can do a lot more than we say. It can even pull the space shuttle, even though we tell but you. But also don't try this at home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, will somebody please loan me a space shuttle? Uh, I'm just going to have to send it back. I'm just going to have Amazon drop off one just today. There you go. There well, you, you go. know, that's pretty creative because how do you replicate a space shuttle? Mm-hmm. And the answer, I guess, is you don't. You don't. Woohoo! We can't exactly. test this at home. But you also have to watch with the commercials because every truck manufacturer tries to tout the highest payload in its class, the yes. highest tow capacity in its class. Right. But remember, they're, they're, that rating is for a regular cab, truck, two-wheel drive, long bed, that nobody buys. Okay. And you said regular cab. The most regular cab out there these days is a four-door truck. Right. A regular cab actually means... Single cab. Single cab. There's no backseat no at back all. No backseat. It's Correct. grandpa's truck. It's grandpa's truck. It's a work truck. You know, yeah. actually Chevy has them with a WT on them with a work truck. So it, it's something that the county might buy just right. as a real inexpensive truck but very rare can you even find one on a dealer's lot that is the the truck that they use for the commercials when they say the highest payload because you can't find the most popular truck a crew cab short bed whether it's five and a half or six foot bed that'll actually carry what they say it will carry or pull what they say it will pull because you've added weight to the truck the engine and transmission are the same but you've added weight to the truck, so it brings the towing capacity down. So do you know what the best towing half ton is? No, but the trailer towing guide will tell us. I mean, we're showing a Ram 1500 at 12,750. Um, let me look down here a little farther. 12,750? 12,750. For a half ton? Mm-hmm. What kind of a half ton? It is a... That's a quad cab two-wheel drive with a V8, so it's available okay. in a four-door. I think the highest rated F1, that's a Dodge, the highest rated F-150 is 11.8. So 
in the Chevy. It is 11.6 in the Chevys. And are these all standard cabs? No, they're crew cabs. Crew cabs. They are crew cabs. Okay. So you can get it in that. They're two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. Are they all V8s? They are all V8s. So, for the highest rating. <clears throat> Another comment that we get from people is that I have the EcoBoost. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be touted as raising the actual towing capacity a lot. Um, in looking on the tow guide as we talk here, if you look at the F-150 Super Cruise short bed with the V8, it's rated at 10.9. With the EcoBoost, it's rated at 10.9. So it's exactly the same as the V8. I think what the EcoBoost is supposed to do for you is in non-towing capacity, you're going to get better mileage because it's a turbo six-cylinder. So that sounds like a great truck. If I'm going to use my truck as a daily driver, Mm -hmm. then I can get good mileage and good towing capacity at the same time with an EcoBoost V6. Correct. And I won't have to buy the V8 and use all that gas every day. When you're not towing. Okay. Well, I mean, that's great information because, you know, that's quite a bit of towing capacity at, what, 11.6? 11.6, yes. Or 10.9, this one is. Is Ford the only one that has that EcoBoost? That style. Yes. Yes. They are. They are. And I'm actually seeing they have one here with the EcoBoost at 12.7. So it can get a little bit higher than that 11.6 that was on there. Their turbo diesel in the Ford is rated at 10.9. So the turbo diesel actually has a little less rating than the EcoBoost, but still plenty. I mean, there's right. no reason you'd need to pull 11,000 pounds with a half ton with an F-150 or 1,500. Right. So, uh, that should be plenty of truck for most trailers on the market. So we have someone who's looking for an RV and they come in, they don't have their tow vehicle, they and they're choosing their trailer or truck camper. What would be the best route for someone at the dealership to assist them as far as thinking this through and getting them set up with a great scenario that's going to last? You know, you really have to land them on a size, on a trailer. Mm -hmm. There's really no reason to talk trucks until you can find that range. Okay. You found that range. How do you help them? Because they're going to go, okay, then fine. What brand do I go to in, uh, of truck? And what do, I, what do I go armed with when I get to that truck dealership? First of all, I'm never going to suggest a brand. Okay. Okay. Uh, most consumers have a brand in mind. They've, they already own a Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Nissan. They own something. We can head them in the right direction by tow capacities. Right. That's where you need to start. In wrapping up, I would like to say that salespeople don't always know. So you need to walk into the dealership knowing what you need your tow capacity to be. You need to ask for that in writing on any truck you're interested in. And be sure it has the factory tow package. Without a doubt. Okay. Just because it looks like a big, badass truck doesn't mean that it has a good tow capacity. Right. Well, Scott, I learned a lot. Thanks so much. My pleasure. I did too. (laughs) Hey, Lindsay. Hi. (laughs) You are here, huh? (laughs) Well, she's been here quietly learning about trucks. Wow. Right. Very nice. I took notes and everything. Well, that about wraps it up. That was a good time with Scott. He really helped us out in understanding the numbers associated with towing or hauling. It was an, an informative time. 
it expanded it was. my it mind. Was. Yes. Just making sense of all those numbers and words and G V R W and you know. What you think it ought to be isn't always what it is. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Now we know. We have to check it out, figure out how much it can tell for real. And Lindsay, you went camping and came back with memories and tips. I finally did go camping and I am not going to wait as long to go camping again. And schedule your next trip? I am right now. Give me a computer. Done. <laughs> you can find RV Small Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And for more adventures, you can follow us all across social media, all the different platforms using RV Small Talk and Princess Craft RV. Our show notes with, of course, links to more information on all the topics are found at rvsmalltalk.com. And please remember to rate and review our podcast. Leave us your comments, ask a question, suggest a topic. We love to hear from you guys. We would like to thank our amazing sponsors, Intech RV. And Intech is a forward-thinking company that designs and builds trailers that are not only super durable, but their form and function are top-notch. Their Luna and Soul lineups are standout products in their look, fit, and finish. For the rugged adventure types, Intech Flyer models, the Chase, Pursue, the Explorer can get you and your gear way, way, way out there. So whatever your camping style is, Intech RV trailers, they look great, they work great, and they're built tough. And you can check them out at IntechRV.com or on the Princess Craft website at PrincessCraft.com. Thank you again for joining us this week. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.